Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Reality Sports Online. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. And today we're going to be talking about players we do want uh, to take in your dynasty startup drafts. Last week we went to the guys to avoid, but today we're going to be talking about the guys we want. Before we dive into the me of the show, I got some stuff to tell you guys about. Don't forget, we have the giveaway for a Cam Makers autographed helmet we're doing right now. All you need to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Take a screenshot, submit it to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. That's fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. And you are entered in. Do it ASAP. This contest ends on the 31st, so get in as soon as you can. And also, like I just mentioned, our YouTube this podcast is also on our YouTube channel along with all of our other podcasts, quick hitting videos and live streams. Please subscribe if you like our content because it really helps us out and click the bell to get notified of our latest content so that you don't miss any of our podcasts at all. Make sure you are there. Pat, uh, Pat Fitzmorris at Fitz underscore FF. Of course, here as always, how was your weekend, my man? Ready to talk some football? I am, Boggs. It was good. And uh, yeah, this is like the part of year where uh, I'm normally ready to wish away summer so we can get to football season, but I'm actually having a really good fantasy baseball season. It's been kind of a dream start. So uh, I'm going to savor summer a little bit more than normally, but still excited to talk football, of course. I mean, at some point, the baseball season will drag you down into where you want football. to start. We all know. <laughs> yes. Anyone who's played baseball knows that. And I know our, our guest here, uh, Andrew Seifter, uh, you ha- have done some baseball before. You're featured MLB and NFL writer here at Fantasy Pros. You also co-host the rest of the season rankings podcast. And you have your website, rosrankings.com. Thank you for joining us. And uh, how is the off season? I'm throwing up air quotes uh, treating you so far, my friend. Oh, we all know there's no off season in this business, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> well, and especially when you're doing the baseball stuff too, like I am. So uh, I'm living my mm-hmm. greatest fantasy life, and uh, really excited to be here. You know, long time listener, first time caller, as they say. So <laughs> uh, pleased to join you guys today. Yeah, thanks for for coming, and we got a lot to talk about because you know last week we kind of talked. It, it's the negative show, the hater show, as we would say. Uh, you know, the guys that we don't want. Now we can be enthusiastic about players that we do want. Uh, to go out and acquire because they're either being drafted too low, their value too low, however it is in your leagues, right, Pat? You know, whether it's a trade or a startup draft, these are the guys that we are looking to acquire because they're deals right now, in in our opinion. So we're going to start a quarterback, Andrew. Why don't you go ahead and lead us off and give us a quarterback or two that you think is being undervalued right now? Sure. So, you know, I I usually come at this quarterback question from a super flex perspective. I think, you know, that's the leagues I like to play. And I think with dynasty in particular, you see that most often. And, uh, you know, I I wrote this article for fantasy pros about uh, startup strategy for super flex leagues, uh, part of our, our dynasty draft kit there. And, you know, one thing I talked about in there was I really want to get two locked in top QB ones that I can feel great about every single week. And, you know, there's a a bunch of guys that are in that like age 28 and younger uh, area. And those guys are just 
unobtainable, basically. Like you, you just can't buy them, right? But to me, there's a little pocket, and I know, I know, uh, Fitz is not a big Russell Wilson fan, but to me, it's Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford are in this little kind of bubble of these guys that are like kind of old, but not that old. Um, so like, it's not like going out and getting Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, where you're going to have this really small window to compete. Like you can get a Russell Wilson or a Matthew Stafford and you can compete, uh, for four or five years with those guys. Cause the way quarterbacks last nowadays, you can do that. And, um, I will, I will side with Pat in the, having some question about Wilson because he's in a totally new situation. So there's some question marks there. So that's why my pick is Matthew Stafford. Cause there's no question to me about him. You know, he went to a new place last year and we saw how great it was. I mean, it was pretty much the perfect season he could have. He finished as the QB six. He won the Super Bowl. Uh, if anything, last they've two years in a row, by the yeah. way, uh, Brady dropped into Tampa Bay, won a Super Bowl. And then Stafford drops in with L.A. and wins a Super Bowl. So, I mean, it looks like Russell, you know, he, he at least he's got some. uh some catching up to do here at least. Right. For sure. Yeah. And you know, with Stafford, if anything, you could say, I would say maybe he upgraded his weapons, Allen Robinson. I've always been a huge fan of his game. He's had to deal with so many mediocre quarterbacks over the years. And now I really feel like he's going to have a massive year with Stafford. Um, Cam Akers being back. I think he's got some ability as a, as a receiver out of the backfield. So I think that gives Stafford another weapon having him all season long. So I feel like Stafford is this one quarterback you can get who can be a locked in QB one, top 10 kind of a guy for the next three, four or five years. And uh, the price really isn't that exorbitant. I think he's like QB 13 in uh, in the rankings right now. So I would take him over uh, some of these guys whose value could really disappear overnight, like a Jalen Hurts or a, even, a, even a Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance. Um, I just feel like with Stafford, you know exactly what you're getting. Unless you're doing like a total rebuild from scratch, then I might prefer those young guys. But otherwise, I want to know what I'm getting. And I feel like Stafford's the guy. Yeah, I, I like that call, you know, and, and uh, that's part of uh, drafting a dynasty in general is the crusty vets, as you would say, you know, guys that are borderline in a tier, whether it's, you know, for QBs, usually it's only one or two tiers. Right. But, um, you know, whether it's running backs, wide receivers, any position, uh, the older guys are just going to get pushed down a little bit more and come at a value. So I like that call. Is there a deeper one that you have too, or is Stafford your main guy? Uh, no, I do have another one as well. I'm I'm all in on the the Jameis Winston bandwagon at Ooh, this point. Yeah, all I mean, right, it, I like it. You know, I think I I actually do have him in a league. I play him with some other fantasy pros folks, and uh, I you know I've I've shopped him around a little bit because I got Mahomes and I've got uh, Lamar Jackson in that league. So he's kind of a luxury roster for yeah. me. But you know, I feel like people aren't fully appreciating how uh, what kind of upside Jameis Winston brings to the table this season. I mean. Uh, we saw in his Tampa days that he could play YOLO ball. He could make any throw down the field. He'd also throw a lot of picks, you know. Uh, Bruce Arians kind of just let him roll, and we saw the good and the bad in those days. Then he comes to he comes to New Orleans. He holds the clipboard. He studies under Drew Brees a little. Uh, gets his first opportunity to, to play last year, and they have him play very conservatively, and, but he plays very efficient football, you know. So now we've kind of seen everything from him. We've seen him put up the massive fantasy stats, the 30 touchdown, 30 interception year. We've also seen him play very efficient football where he throws a lot, you know, a, a, had a five touchdown game last year. Um, just very efficient, very few picks. In 2019, um, he led the league in passing yards. So yeah, people forget and, that. Yeah. And even last year he was QB 14 in points uh, per game. You know, he missed half the season, but um, you know, then you look at the weapons that they brought in. I mean, last year he was throwing to Marquez Callaway, he's throwing to Trey Quan Smith. There wasn't a lot there. Uh, now all of a sudden he's got Michael Thomas back. He's, they draft Chris Olave, then they sign Jarvis Landry. I mean, that's a lot of weapons coming, coming to the table there for Jameis Winston. Uh, you combine that. We don't know what Kamara's status is, but I would assume he plays most of the season and he's one of, if not the best receiving back in the entire league. So, I mean, that's a full house of, of weapons for Jameis Winston to work with. So I feel like he actually has, if he can kind of channel the best of both worlds, the, the, the big time throws he made with Tampa and the kind of more smart decision-making he showed last year, if he can kind of channel both of those things, I think he could actually be even a low end QB one this season. 
I love it. These are great calls, Andrew. And bringing the heat, Pat. He comes in here, he stiffs arm fits on his Russell Wilson call <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, gives us a couple guys. I love both these calls. What do you think of uh, Stafford and Jameis, Pat? Well, it's funny that he's uh, stiff arming me on the Russell Wilson call because I am a Wisconsin fan and Andrew is a <laughs> University of Michigan fan. Like we're trying to live Ooh, in harmony here. And, and an and Ann Arbor shirt today. <laughs> <laughs> so and he's calling me out for giving shade to the uh, Wisconsin guy which is uh you know, good catch on his part um so i like both those calls a lot yeah winston it it is interesting that he goes from leading the league in pass attempts in 2019 to averaging i think 23 pass attempts a game for the saints last year just a, a super low number so i that's probably gonna wind up you know evening itself out a little bit but yeah there there is with Marquez Callaway going from his number one receiver last year to maybe the number four receiver this year. Yeah, big weapons upgrade. And uh, I, I still like that offensive line, even without Armstead. So, um, and I like the Stafford call too. Pretty much if he is on a team in your dynasty league where the elevator is going down, like he is a reasonable target because that team is going to want to get younger and is probably willing to deal Stafford away. So he's a realistic trade target. I do worry a little bit about the retirement of Andrew Whitworth and what that offensive line is looking like. Even though I'm a Wisconsin fan, I don't think Logan Bross is going to be a one-for-one -one replacement for Andrew Whitworth. Um, but still, like we've never seen that Sean McVay offense completely flounder. Uh, I, I think it's still going to be a, a pretty prolific. Not offense. like Stafford so, isn't used to running a little bit, playing for the Lions for and, years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and playing through injuries, exactly. too. Yeah. Playing through injuries. He's always Very playing true. through injuries. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they, I like both they, of those They don't calls. give him any Mississippis back there in Detroit. So, <laughs> no, you know. no. Uh, so, Fitzy, who do you have? Uh, who who are you uh, buying on right now in Dynasty League? All right, so I'm aiming a little higher here, and this guy's not going to come for free, but I'm hoping that maybe there's still just a little bit of a, a sliver of a crack in that buy window for Trey Lance with Jimmy Garoppolo still around in San Francisco. Maybe there's some doubt about, you know, who's starting in week one. Um, I know there was uh, a report, I don't know if it was erroneous or valid, about uh, maybe the organization not completely uh, enamored with, with Trey Lance yet. But I think this guy's just going to rock as soon as he gets in, and I, I think he's going to start in week one. Um, just a cheat code quarterback with his running ability in his two starts last year. I think he had 24 rushing attempts. Um, he is going to be, you know, if, if not quite as electric a runner as Lamar Jackson, um, you know, at least a, a Kyler Murray-esque, if, if not even more prolific of a runner. And, uh, you know, even though the passing ability is, is the question, I mean, he does have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle to throw to, and he's he's running the Kyle Shanahan playbook. So I'm feeling pretty good about him. Like, I think he can be a quarterback one immediately. I'd almost be disappointed if he was not that. Um, so if there are any doubts, I mean, it's it's going to take a, a hefty a hefty sum for you to pry him away from even a somewhat cautious skeptical Trey Lance investor but I think it's but it's gonna look it. cheap next year right it will yep that's that's the way I feel yeah yeah and I'm uh I'm completely with you here on, on the Trey Lance call you know the guy offers the crazy legs upside of a top five runner immediately you know uh it, it, he's right there you know he's gonna run because he's a young quarterback so he's gonna bail out and pull a couple down that probably he shouldn't but sometimes that's good for us in fantasy that is what makes Jalen Hurts this is why everyone in the fantasy industry it seems like hates Jalen Hurts he's not that good of a quarterback but he runs so he gets his point so he's an elite level fantasy guy but in the NFL he's middle of the road you know so uh it would not be surprising plus you know it doesn't seem like they're very enamored with him in Philly uh you know so I I love this call because this is a chance this is kind of the get on board because it's the last chance you can buy Trey Lance cheap uh Andrew what do you think of Trey Lance are you on board with this call yeah, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong getting a guy who could easily be a top five, 
type of dynasty quarterback going forward. I mean, there's a little bit of risk, you know, because he hasn't, we haven't seen him do it yet, but to me, there's less risk with him than there is say with Jalen hurts because, because of the draft capital that they expended in getting Trey Lance on their roster, they've really made a huge commitment to him. And I feel like they're going to want to see that through. So I agree with Fitz. I, I would expect him to start in week one. And even if you had the unthinkable and you had Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, play much of this season I mean say like Trey Lance starts off the season rough and they lose a, a few games early on it's not unthinkable to me they could if this, if Jimmy Garoppolo is still on that roster that they could go back to him but even if that happens it, I don't think that that's a long-term uh, you know derailment for Trey Lance's stock I think like he's the long-term solution there Jimmy Garoppolo even if he's there one more season that's going to be the, the last season he's going to be a free agent after this year and I imagine he'll be somewhere else uh, he might even be somewhere else in in, in the next <laughs> month or two once, yeah. once the trade price comes down a little bit for him um, and once he's healthy you know and can be shopped but uh, but yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, like I said at the top, like if you wanted to acquire a Kyler Murray or a Lamar Jackson or someone like that, it's just not possible. Like in a lot of leagues, like you just can't, there's nothing you can put together. You could say, I'll give you three first and people will still roll their eyes at you, you know? So um, a guy like Trey Lance, he could, you know, we could be having this conversation in, in three or four months time and he's in the same conversation with those guys. So I agree. It's kind of, if you want to get, if you want to, you know, shoot for the moon and go for that truly elite um, quarterback and and he will produce QB one numbers just based on the rushing upside alone. Um, yeah. I mean, this is, this is the opportunity to do that. Uh, I'm going to reach a little further down the board here. I'm going to go to Zach Wilson and look, Zach Wilson did not look good last year. And I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that he is going to be a QB one at any point soon. But what I will say is that they are surrounding him with the weapons to put him in that category. They went out, they drafted Garrett Wilson before that. They did everything they possibly could to trade for Debo. Didn't work out, but Garrett Wilson, uh, Elijah Moore is coming back. He only started, I think nine games last season. I think he played 10. Uh, so he just wasn't around a lot last year. They went out and they got Brees Hall to add with Michael Carter in that backfield. They signed CJ Uzama and drafted Jeremy Ruckert. They're doing everything they possibly can to put Zach Wilson in, uh, in a successful environment here. So um, he, right now he's going off around QB 19. So kind of the end of the second tier. I just think that a lot of the times he's going to be that third quarterback on a team that you can throw in an extra deal and get him for very cheap. Uh, maybe someone has four quarterbacks. You can get him for a second round first year player draft, you know, a rookie pick, something like that. I just think his value is fairly low coming off his rookie season in which you know, his weapons were not there and he, they have bolstered his offense so much this off season that I think, you know, he could be in the upper echelon of quarterbacks. Um, it, it's a coin flip, but it's a cheap coin flip right now. This is, uh, you know, this isn't a lottery ticket. Like, you know, the one you have a better shot of getting hit struck by lightning twice. It's more of a scratcher. You know, it's like a, a one in five. So that that's what I think about Zach Wilson uh, fits your thoughts about Zach Wilson uh, moving forward here. I agree. I like what they're building around him. And um, we know Zach Wilson has an improving supporting cast. We know he has traits. Um, the question, does he have those uh, certain intangibles that a successful quarterback needs that je ne sais quoi? Um, and, and some guys, some guys have the that it factor, the it factor, and some guys <laughs> have it like, you know, a Joe Burrow has the it factor and, you know, some guys have that and some guys are named Sam Darnold and, uh, Ooh. you know, never pan out. So <laughs> we don't know if Zach Wilson is going to be another Sam Darnold. I hope Knockwood for the Jets fans that he's not, but, um, so far it's encouraging. Like there's, there's room for optimism here. Um, so I'm cautious. Like I would be. I'm not going to lie. I'd be uh, the palms would be a little sweaty trading yeah. uh, for Zach Wilson, but I'm optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic. He is that, cheap. That's cheap. the whole point. You're not going to get he's he's either going to be worth way more than he is this year. It's kind of like Trey Lance, but at a you know, it's the Kmart version. You know I mean, what I mean? He's, like he's cheap ish, you know, like in Superflex, he's not that cheap. Okay. He's affordable. Well, but we'll here's affordable. the way. To, but here's the way to look at it, though, and I, I'm I'm in on this one too. Uh, okay, Fox. good. I, good. I'm, I'm, I I I love the weapons they put around him, and 
the way I look at it is look at look at this 2022 quarterback class that we're dealing with here. I mean, if if Zach Wilson was available in this draft, where would he be going in a dynasty rookie draft this year? I mean, he would, he he would be going be miles one. ahead of Kenny Pickett. I can yeah. tell you that. Yeah. And Kenny Pickett, I've been seeing going as I mean, some leagues he's going like one the only two show or town. something like that. You he's know, he's the wow. only quarterback. If you have yeah. no quarterback, he's the, you, your only option. So. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I was in in the the draft I did. He went one five, and you know, it's like I would never take Kenny Pickett over any of the top wide receivers in this draft class. But Zach Wilson, I would think about it. You know, so I think there's like that's that's the thing. I mean, I feel like if you can trade 2022 draft capital to get Zach Wilson. Like if you need a quarterback, I'd much rather do that than spend a first round rookie pick on Kenny Pickett or even an early second on a, you know, Desmond Ritter or Malik, you know, or anyone like that. It's just go, go for this guy. I mean, he's got the year of experience. He's got the weapons. Uh, You know, he has, he had great college tape. I mean, he looked like Patrick Mahomes at times in college and, uh, you know, made all those throws. He can make all the throws. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. Is he going to? You know, like Pat said, he, he's either going to go, he's going to go one way or the other. He ain't going to stand still. We know that because he, 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 we get to see him again this year. So, um, you know, it could be you trade for Zach Wilson and Mike White is the starter at the end of the year, <laughs> whoever, uh, off the scrap heap. Uh, that that's a possibility, but I do think that he's very cheap in a lot of leagues right now because people are disappointed from what he did last year. And that's always like to me, um, it's just with rookies in general, uh, rookies are, if you're drafting them within, uh, you know, the entire uh, grouping of players here, like you're doing a startup and the rookies are just in there, they're always going off too low. I feel like uh, a little bit lower. They're coming fairly cheap unless it's, you know, like a Saquon Barkley, like a generational type of prospect that everyone has talked up for months and months. Um, we don't really have that in, in this draft class because the wide receivers are cheap because wide receivers deep and the running backs are okay. You know, um, so I just think they will go in general a little bit too late. And also guys that uh, come in their rookie year and don't perform immediately, they get pushed off NFL, not for long, right? They get pushed off to be uh, fairly low values and uh, you can snap them up for cheap. I feel like in general, Um, but before we move over to running backs here, I just want to tell you guys about reality sports online. By now, most of you have probably heard of reality sports online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team, like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the dynasty community is about free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first time, first round rookie options, uh, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy front office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your metal. Still not sure you can test your general manager skills for free FRWE in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use the promo code FANTASYPROS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. All right, Andrew, let's move over to running backs here and uh, give us one or two that that you think are being undervalued right now. Sure. So I was thinking about this question, and I think it's especially tough with running backs. It's it's very dependent on like where you are in your contention window, you know, because it's easy, you know, it's easy to say that like guys like Leonard Fournette and James Conner are buys. It's also easy to say that they're sells. It really depends (laughs) if you're going in this year or not. You know, you can squint and see it either way on most running backs. I'm right. Exactly. So, you know, and I was thinking about it in terms of my own team, because it's one of these teams where it's like. I've got a lot of older players. They're really good players. I feel like I'm I'm going in this year, but I don't want to like recklessly go all in and and put myself in this massive hole where if it all blows up in my face, then all the guys are too old to get any any draft capital back in deals, and I'm just sort of stuck, you know. So um, I, I was trying to think: Are there players? Are there at, at the running back position players you can get who kind of you can have it both ways? You know what I mean? And to me, the the type of running backs that do that are the guys who are technically second on their team's depth chart, but they're still going to get plenty of action. They're still going to provide some immediate value. Uh, they have an older running back behind them or in front of them. That's kind of on the decline and there's going to be more and more opportunity as we move forward. And to me, the top guy, I know, I think we're going to be talking about another one of the, these guys that I would also put in this group, but first I'll mention my guy. It's Tony Pollard with the Cowboys. Um, 
you know, I think we saw Zeke kind of decline some the last couple of years. He still put up great fantasy numbers because it's such a fantasy friendly environment there in Dallas. And particularly the way they used, they used Zeke was incredibly fantasy friendly. So he still put up great fantasy numbers, but I feel like it's going to just get slightly worse as we go along with, with Zeke. I can't see it getting, I can't see him having some new juice in his legs all of a sudden, you know, and Pollard is one of the most efficient running backs there is in the entire game. I believe he was uh, first among all running backs uh, in, in uh, yards per route run last year, second in yards per touch. So, I mean, this is a guy, believe it or not, of all running backs who had over hundred carries, the only guy who had more yards per carry than him was Rashad Penny. <laughs> so, I mean, he was, he was right up <laughs> oh, there with Jonathan Taylor sentence. and Nick Chubb. I mean, um, now you can say, okay, well, how much of a workload can he carry? I mean, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but I definitely think he's one of these running backs that can run between the tackles. He can, uh, you know, handle a good uh, 15 touches a game at least and be very productive with that work. It's a great offense. It's going to be a great offense for a long time with Dak Prescott. Um, and so I just really like the upside. I feel like, uh, you know, Pollard last year was like a high end RB three at the end, at the end of the season, but that's like his floor to me. Like, I think he can be an RB two right away. And then I think as Zeke sort of fades out of the picture, I think he could eventually become a really high end RB two, or maybe even an RB one. Yeah. I mean, right now he's going off, he's going off around, uh, in ECR, he's ranked around 30, uh, fits. What do you think about, uh, Tony Pollard and, uh, his future in Dallas? Obviously, you know, Zeke is still there. They paid Zeke a bunch of money, but it might be a blessing in disguise for Pollard that they paid Zeke this much money because they're probably not going to go out and spend more money at the position. It's probably just going to be Pollard moving forward, him and Zeke in tandem, right? Yeah, same old, same old wouldn't be too bad. And then if anything does happen to Zeke, it's a total windfall yeah, for Pollard. Yeah. So, um, and I've got Pollard, I think, in like half of my Dynasty League teams. I just took him in a Fantasy Pros uh, in-house startup draft. I just took him earlier today on a Dynasty mock draft startup podcast with uh, Joe Pisapia and Derek Brown and Jake Seeley. So, yeah, I'm I'm all on board. I mean, very... Very efficient, as Andrew said, um, you know, he's just been the more dynamic of the two backs the last two years. Really good in the passing game. Um, I, I think we've seen that Mike McCarthy wants to use two backs in that offense. And, um, you know, the worst case scenario is that he is maybe a player like Kenyon Drake, who we clamor for to be more than a committee back. And then he gets that larger share and we're disappointed with what we see from him as a, a more of a workhorse. But like, that's the worst case. And I do think uh, Pollard is a, a better, more explosive player than Kenyon Drake was. So um, I'm very much on board with this call. And uh, uh, one more point about Pollard. Also, um, I think he's due for some positive touchdown regression because I think there's an assumption that he never gets the ball in the red zone because he's, you know, because Zeke is such this red zone warrior. But uh, Pollard actually had 23 touches in the red zone last year, only two touchdowns uh, in the red zone. And I think I think that's not so much a testament to his lack of ability to get it done as much as just statistical noise. So I think if he gets similar usage again this year, you could easily see him get five, six, seven touchdowns. And he had over a thousand total yards from scrimmage last year. So you, you, you give him an extra five touchdowns and he's going to look a lot better in that end of season fantasy rankings. I think he'll have even a couple more breakaways too, you know, cause yeah. the dude is fast. So uh, if he's getting, you know, even if it's two or three more touches a game, the chances of him taking one to the house, I feel like is going to be better as well. Uh, Fitz, who do you have at the running back position? Cause it looks like, uh, you know, between me and Andrew and you, you have the sexy guys here. All right. Well, I'm, I'm just going to name one. I'm going to go with AJ Dillon. Cause I think he's uh, like a reasonable target. He's affordable, not necessarily cheap, but I know in the fantasy pros consensus dynasty rankings, he's 24th. I've got him 20th. And I don't think people realize that from week eight on last year, AJ Dillon was the RB 11 in PPR scoring. Like he never caught passes at Boston College, but was actually really efficient, caught 34 of 37 targets last year. I think he averaged like 8.5 yards per catch and 9.2 yards per target. And uh, like it actually looked good. He can catch balls outside the frame of his body. The other thing, down the stretch last year, it was kind of subtle, but he became more of like the, the 1A 
in the early downs and in the running game. Like over the last 10 games, he and Aaron Jones played eight games together. And in those eight games, Dylan averaged, I think, I want to say 13.7 carries a game and Jones averaged like 10.2. So uh, there was a pretty clear carry advantage for Dylan. And yet we're seeing this big gap between the two in redraft this year, like Dylan or uh, Aaron Jones is getting drafted, I think RB 13 and Dylan RB 25. Like, I think it's going to be less of a gap like that in redraft. And then, you know, dynasty, when you factor in the Dylan is this younger back and, um, you know, still at a, a really attractive price point, I think. Um, and there's many reasons to love Dylan. I feel like Pat, because number one is if something should happen to Aaron Jones, Dylan is a guy that can just take. Yes. This dude can come in and step up and be the every down back, every single snap he can catch. He wasn't asked to do it at Boston college, but you have talked about many times on this show, Pat, about how his catching is underrated and it's something he can do. You know, I don't know that he's going to turn out like, you know, we saw Leonard Fournette with a million targets this year or anything, but he can do it. This is a guy that is one of the few running backs left in the NFL that can take 30 touches and do it if asked. And, and, you know, I know they signed Aaron Jones to a contract. They want to use him in tandem. But knowing that, plus the fact that Aaron Rodgers ain't going to be in Green Bay forever. You know, he, he's not going to be there forever. He's probably got one or two years left. And then you want to start turning around and handing the ball off more. There could be extra, you know, a little bit of tread left on the tire for a 26, 27-year-old running back like A.J. Dillon because he split with Aaron Jones. So I, I, I just do not see the downside. To, to taking Dylan at all. Uh, what, what do you think here, uh, Andrew on, on Dylan? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm totally on board with this to me, Dylan and Pollard are the two guys. Like they're the two guys. They're, they're very similar situations. They're both technically number two on the depth chart, but they're going to have immediate value and they have just tons of upside. And with Dylan, I mean, yeah, I, I think what you said is absolutely true. Like even, even, before Aaron Rodgers leaves, Devontae Adams is already gone. So I think you already could see more of a shift to the running game there. Uh, you know, obviously Dylan is built for the red zone. He's built to, to handle carries inside the five-yard line. Uh, he's built for the cold weather and, you know, the, the as they lean more heavy on the running game in the second half of the season. Uh, so I think it's no coincidence that we saw his, his fantasy value spike as the season went along. I think we're seeing more of an evolution in, in how Green Bay is approaching their backfield where you know it, they're they're making use of Aaron Jones's receiving ability more uh but they're they're leaning on Dylan Moore as the as the primary runner and I think we're going to see that continue this season so I think they're both going to have a lot of fantasy value but Dylan's the one who's younger he's the one who's much cheaper as Pat uh brought up so um yeah I mean I still feel like if you look at the marketplace like he's not valued as high as he should be given that he's going to give you immediate value and has a lot of upside to have his value potentially grow in the coming years. Yeah, I, I really like that Dylan call, Pat. That's a really great one. Uh, mine, I'm going to reach once again a little bit lower down the trough here and take uh, a crack at Alexander Madison. And look, this is a lot, you know, it's the similar situation to Pollard, but, uh, you know, Madison right now is the straight backup. He's not getting as long a look as Pollard is from game to game. He'll come in and he'll get a set for himself to give Dalvin Cook a break. We would assume that will happen a little bit more this year. Just as running backs get older, the backups start to take a couple more carries. That's just, you know, the way of life in the NFL at the position. But uh, last year, um, Alexander Madison started four games, right? Uh, four games. Uh, what what do you think he would rank if that was his average in those four starts? Where do you think he would rank uh, among starting running backs in PPR last year, Andrew? What do you think? Could I go higher than number one? Or <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't one. It wasn't okay. that high. Uh, All right. But, I mean, but... I guess you still have Jonathan Taylor around, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> it must have been top five. Four. Okay, he was yeah. fourth last year in points per game as a starter. He is a free agent next year. Someone is going to see his talent, you know, barring some kind of crazy injury this year. It's, it's the NFL, so it could happen. But he is going to be uh, cheap this year to buy because he is a straight backup to Dalvin Cook. And next year, if he signs anywhere that needs a running back, which, you know, is once again, 
you're buying a lottery ticket here. It's not a complete, you know, project that you're buying. You're, you're spending a little now. You're investing a little now to have this big payoff next season. But if he goes anywhere where they need a running back next year, he is going to be the number one. And this is a dude that can carry the load. I mean, no one can do it like AJ Dillon or Derrick Henry, but he's a guy that could do it like Dalvin Cook does, you know, where he gets 20 to 25 touches in a game has someone back behind him to get an another 10 or, you know, 15 on a longer game or whatever. And, uh, he can be the head of, uh, you know, a running back position, um, for pretty much any team in the NFL. So, like I said, the four games he started for Minnesota last season and Minnesota is a good offense. I wouldn't call them great. They're solid. Uh, you know, uh, they have great stuff with cook and, and Jefferson and cousins is, fine uh but you know this this isn't like alexander madison taking him and dropping him in la or something like that um but you know he was fourth so he could end up in a better situation than this next year he could end up in a worse situation and still have more a lot more value than he has this year so i think uh it's good to go down the list a little bit and snap up alexander madison i have one more uh and it's just you know, I, I said this about rookies and it's just a point I'm going to start hitting home and especially with the wide receivers when we get there. But Tyrion Davis price, I believe is ranked like for ECR and he'll come up once we hear some buzz, but he's in the seventies right now. So he's not valued as a ton. And just think about where everyone was taking Trey sermon last year. And Elijah Mitchell was a afterthought. And, um, I said this with uh, when the Packers drafted uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I said it when the Niners took Eli Mitchell and Trey Sermon. I like Mitchell better. They obviously don't want Sermon at all. So I think Davis Price is going to be the second running back in San Francisco. I didn't really like him coming into the draft. I watched him a little more. He's a little better than I thought he was. And he held off some really good competition at LSU. LSU hasn't had a lot of good offense since Joe Burrow left. Right. So um, he's better than I thought, but the situation makes him very, very viable and especially the price right now. So uh, I'll throw a couple cheaper darts at Madison and uh, Davis price. Andrew, what do you think of those two guys? Yeah. Well, Davis price is one of my favorite sleepers in rookie drafts and him and this receiver that I'm going to mention uh, coming up uh, just guys who are in great We're fight over great that environments to, uh, <laughs> okay. All right. I'm ready for it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I feel like, it's kind of crazy to me because there was so much Trey Sermon hype and it was a lot of it had to do with draft capital compared to Elijah Mitchell. But mm -hmm. I mean, look at the draft capital they, they spent on Davis price. You know, they spent a third round pick on him. I, it's hard. I don't really understand why uh, a running back San Francisco took that early in the draft is completely flying under the radar like this. It's strange to me. I think it's people must've just been so badly burned by Sermon that they're just, they're, they're blocking it all out. And it's true that, you know, draft capital doesn't make, get you any promises with Kyle Shanahan. So he's going to have to earn <laughs> sure. his way. But the thing is he provides a dynamic. I think that they want, which is a more physical dynamic um, compared to Elijah Mitchell, who uh, is extremely fast and explosive, but was banged up a lot last year. So I do think they want to lighten the load a little bit for Mitchell. You know, Shanahan likes to have at least two running backs going at all times. So uh, I think there's definitely an opening for Davis price to get on the field immediately. And um, maybe even in some, you know, favorable circumstances like in red zone work and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, he went in the third round of my rookie draft and I, you know, I feel like he's a steal there. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's the, Eli Mitchell didn't do it in college either. He was part of a three headed monster at Louisiana. So we can't, you can't come in. That's why he didn't stay healthy last year. Right. Uh, he was the only good running back on the roster for a lot of the season. And so they gave him all the carries, but it also wore him out. So you got to get, uh, you know, a one, two punch. Uh, if you want Eli Mitchell to have success, what do you think of, uh, Madison and Davis price here, Fitzy? Well, I opened a bottle or a, a box of sugary cereal this morning, and I was really hoping I was going to get a San Francisco running backs decoder ring at the bottom <laughs> of it, but uh, it was not there. So um, that leaves me to try to figure out what's going on there. Yeah, I mean, so on one hand, they spend this early, early ish round uh, draft capital on Tyrion Davis Price, but we saw them do this on Sermon, and they, uh, you know, made Sermon disappear like a, uh, you know, double-crossing mobster last year, and uh, we see Mitchell totally emerge, so, man, I just don't know how to read this backfield, but I agree for the price you're paying right now, like, why yeah. not take a shot for a guy who, if he plugs into this offense with that offensive line, 
um, you know, could be very, very productive. So I'm, I'm all about taking the shot there. Madison's kind of interesting because I wonder if he, you know, kind of wasted his prime running back years. We know those guys age fast. And um, is is he hitting like the post prime of his career when he finally hits free agency? But, you know, why not throw a penny in the wishing well at this point and hope he lands right. in a good spot next year? Because, again, uh, 41 in our rankings, not that expensive. Um, you know, I'm I'm cautious and I'm not expecting a major windfall with him just because I don't know if anyone's going to hand him a, a featured role next year. But you do hope that if he lands somewhere in a, a healthy ecosystem and at least gets a chance to be, you know, 1A or 1B in a committee, um, you know, what you pay from now could turn a profit. Sure. And I hope and even he, if he sticks with the Vikings. I mean, like if you resign with them, I mean, this is kind of what he can offer. Like he's the, the highest upside handcuff there is in all yes. of, of fantasy football. So there's value to that. And that's a value that both in redraft and dynasty, I feel like a lot of fantasy managers don't fully appreciate, you know, I love to stock my entire bench in all my fantasy leagues with guys who are one injury away from a huge spike in value. And I think Madison's just a great example of that. Andrew probably drafts a lot of Hassan Haskins uh, this year as well. Yeah, him. because yes. straight behind uh, Derrick Henry and uh, kind of, you know, no one's Derrick Henry, but he has the same style. So I like And that. he's a Michigan man. So let's not And he's that, a yeah. Michigan man. You can, dra- <laughs> you can draft a Michigan man finally. That's we like right. it. Hey, if you're in an IDP league, you can take Aiden Hutchinson too. Uh, let's move over to the wide receivers. Uh, Andrew got to the list first. So he got the rookie wide receiver I wanted to talk about here, but I'm interested in this first name as well. So tell us about the wide receivers that you have on the list that you want to uh, buy cheap right now. Okay. Well, first, I guess I'll mention the rookie since we've already alluded to him. I, I, when you said you want to fight me for him, I thought, I thought you meant you disagreed with me, but I no, guess no, it's going to be, That's yeah. Good. Who Who's going to love him more is the fight. That's so. right. It's a battle. <laughs> okay. Well, Jalen Tolbert, I'm sticking with Cowboys here, apparently, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, he's just a very intriguing prospect to me, much like, you know, Davis Price fell in a perfect situation for a running back. I feel like um, Tolbert fell in a, fer- a perfect situation for a wide receiver. I, I, you want cowboy wide receivers, you know, uh, and uh, I think he's got pretty good size. He's six one. He's got pretty good speed under a 4.5 uh, 40 time. Um he put up massive numbers in college. Now it was Sunbelt conference, but he also lit up Tennessee. So uh, I think he averaged 123 yards per game receiving last season at South Alabama. So that's pretty good. Uh, I just, I also just love the situation. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I've been talking about immediate opportunity and long-term opportunity. This is another guy that I feel like has both because Michael Gallup is coming back off an ACL tear. He may not be ready for week one, uh, James Washington just kind of flamed out in uh, Pittsburgh. And he I sucks. think he's, his best days are behind him. They were mostly in college, really. And, uh, you know, so I feel like the, the door is wide open for Tolbert to have an immediate impact and kind of earn snaps um, going forward once Gallup is fully ready ready to go. Um, and then long term, I mean, Gallup was the kind of guy I would have wanted to have on my dynasty rosters these last few years because he can have that wide receiver three value. And then if anything happens to Amari Cooper or CD Lamb, suddenly he's like a, a high end wide receiver, too. So if Tolbert just takes the Gallup role, that's good enough to, to be a, a great value at his current market price. But I also think it's not it's not unthinkable that he could eventually even overtake Gallup. I mean, he's not going to overtake Lamb, but uh, either way, I mean, the Cowboys can support three fantasy relevant wide receivers. And I think Tolbert will be in that big three. I think uh, that Tolbert is better than Gallup. And I was a Gallup guy uh, coming out of Colorado state. Uh, I just think there's a lot of Deontay Johnson in Tolbert's game, as far as, you know, uh, making those catches away from his body, making the impossible catches, that kind of stuff. Hopefully the drops aren't there for him as well. Uh, so yeah, we are definitely going to fight over Tolbert. I love it. So glad, glad I'm not in any leagues with you so far. Uh, so we can both draft him, but, uh, who, who's your other wide receiver here? Okay. So this one honestly surprised me because I do not think of myself as a Christian Kirk guy at all. Uh, but I gotta say like his current value is insane to me, like that it's so low. I mean, uh, you know, that contract generated a lot of ridicule this offseason, and it also kind of broke the fantasy or the uh, free agent market and ended up getting, you know, Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill traded. So the reason why we're going to see a lot of holdouts, too, was yeah, this contract. Yeah, right. Exactly. So it, changed, it, it messed up, up a lot OTA. of things. 
Yeah. Uh, but one thing it also did was it showed you just how committed the Jaguars are to this guy. Like, I think you're going to see targets funneled to Christian Kirk. And he actually was a borderline wide receiver, too, even last season because DeAndre Hopkins got hurt. And, uh, you know, as our colleague uh, Andrew Erickson pointed out, um, once in the games that Hopkins didn't play, uh, Kirk actually was a top 10 PPR wide receiver. And that was because he was finally getting the chance to play out of the slot, which is his natural position, his his natural strength. And that's exactly what he's going to do in Jacksonville. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, his his best receivers in college, like he he had a great connection with Amari Rogers out of the slot. Even T. Higgins played in the slot sometimes, and he had a, a great rapport with him. So I think Lawrence is very comfortable throwing to the slot. I think if Trevor Lawrence hadn't had a somewhat disappointing season last year, there's no way that Christian Kirk's value would be this low. Um, but the fact that he had that Lawrence has not broken out yet has really deflated Kirk's value because I think he's the clear number one wide receiver on this team with this contract for at least the next two seasons. There's no, uh, there'd be huge cap ramifications if they, they got rid of Kirk after one season. So he's at least two years going to get a ton of targets uh, from an ascending quarterback who could be a total stud. And if, if Trevor Lawrence breaks out, I feel like he's just going to carry Christian Kirk's dynasty value up with him. And uh, so there's just a ton of uh, potential for profit here with Christian Kirk. Uh, what, what do you think of, of those two wide receivers? I'm, I'm, I'm not in as much on Christian Kirk. Um, you know, I, I, there are great points that Andrew just laid out here. Uh, the slot, you know, Trevor Lawrence breakout, all that good stuff. I just don't know if I can do it. Um, you know, I, also Kirk went to Oklahoma and I hate having Oklahoma players, but i look, I'll take CD lamb. Like the talent's there. If the talent's there, the talent's is there. But, uh, I, I'm, I'm not the biggest Kirk guy, but I obviously love Tolbert. We've talked about him many times on this show, Pat. What do you think about, uh, Kirk and Tolbert here? Well, after doing so many shows with you this spring, Boggs, you've uh, sold me on Jalen Tolbert. So, yeah, I, I like the pick a lot. And he does have with the Gallup injury and the severity of it and how late it happened in the season, like that is going to create an opening for Tolbert to to produce and prove himself right away, which is great. Um, Kirk, I've been waiting for him to have that primary slot role. Like, I feel like that's the thing that has been holding him back. And now that it seems like he's going to be that guy. Uh, you know, unless they dink around and give LaVisca Chenault that and, and try <laughs> to play Kirk outside. I don't think that's going to be the case. But this is what we've been waiting for. And my goodness, with what they're paying him. I mean, uh, the Sultan of Brunei now borrows money from Christian Kirk. So they've, they've <laughs> got to use the guy. They have to use the guy. So uh, I'm on board, too. And it's kind of funny how it it the, the contract... And the magnitude of it hasn't really moved the needle on uh, Kirk's fantasy value at all. Maybe people perceive it as a big downgrade that he's going from Arizona to Jacksonville. But I think at least he can be more of a featured guy in Jacksonville. Yeah. And I wanted to say also that like the fact that I had this sort of like general feeling of distaste for Christian Kirk, which it sounds like Boggs has as well. Like, yeah, you know, that actually creates that's what makes him a good buy. Because it's like nobody right. really wants to go out and buy Christian Kirk. Everyone thinks he got overpaid. Everyone thinks he's not worth that contract. So there's just kind of a lot of dunking going on on Christian Kirk. And to me, that that has deflated his his dynasty value more than it should. Yeah. Look, whenever the community as a whole dislikes a guy, it's probably a solid time to go buy him, you know, because he's going to be very cheap because everywhere you turn, there's people like me going, yeah. Yeah, guy never had a thousand yard season. Uh, you know, all, all the stuff you're going from an air raid to uh, you know, a different offense in Jacksonville. Uh, you, you're going to an approved quarterback versus Kyler Murray. Like everyone will list off those points, but you know those points. You know, that's why he was a free agent. So um, you know, to be a number one, but you know, that also got me in trouble a little bit with Marvin Jones last year, the same thought process, but luckily we'll be using a real NFL playbook and not the Urban Meyer same five plays at a different <laughs> formations of Madden offense that they ran last year that became unbelievably wildly uh, predictable here. So uh, Pat, you're up. Who do you got at whiteout that you want to buy right now? We have talked about this guy Boggs. It's Kadarius Tony who um, when he, that week four and week five last year, what he showed us in that, that brief span. Game. Oh man. I mean, like, so I'm chasing the dragon here. Like I want that. <laughs> and what we saw with him in that special athleticism, like he could be just such a, a special player, but then 
he had like seven different injuries down the stretch last year. It wasn't just one severe injury. It was like how my throat, neck, chest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. COVID like the whole, the potpourri man. I mean, he was just like a, a walking medical chart. So you hope for good health out of him. Uh, you hope that everything is is kosher with him in the organization because there were these rumors about him maybe being a, a trade possibility in the offseason because um, the idea of him playing in a Brian Dable offense is kind of exciting to me. Like, I, I want to see what this guy can do if he's healthy in an invigorated offense that's not being run by Jason Garrett. Um, I I have a bold prediction about Kadarius Tony two bits. I I think that before week one, he is not on the Giants. Uh, really? And, and I do. I do. They drafted Wando Robinson. Wando Robinson is the same guy, right? Kind of a it, redundant talent. I mean, I yeah, think Tony's a more, talent. I think he's a more special athlete. I yeah. think so too. I, I, and that, that's the reason he was taken in the first round last year, even if it was by a, you know, uh, a group that is no longer with us in the NFL here. Right. But uh, uh, Kadarius Tony uh, being a first round pick that there's also, you know, the, we've talked about this two fits where first round picks at whatever position, especially quarterback, but whatever position are just looked at differently and given more opportunities if they do not succeed in their first stop. They're, they're just because, you know, a team goes, well, it was a first round guy you know, first round talent, let's pick him up for a veteran minimum contract and see if he can do something. So you also have that built in, um, you know, even if you were to buy and he didn't pop off, he's going to get another shot somewhere else. If it's not this year, next year, or the year after that, he will get another shot somewhere because he's a first round pick. How many shots did Percy Harvey get? You know, I mean, guys, guys like this, uh, they, they get a million shots. So, um, I love buying on Kadarius Tony, especially when, you know, there's some media stuff swirling about him. They, you know, like Pat mentioned, great phrase, redundant talent on the roster with Wondell Robinson. And Robinson is the guy that this coaching staff and front office drafted. They didn't take Tony, you know, so uh, they're going to be more beholden to their player personnel that they drafted and they wanted on their team. So I feel like Tony's gone and playing somewhere else, which I think is going to be great for him because there are a lot of good wide receivers in New York. And, you know, but once again, you know, as we said, this is a good time to go buy a guy like Tony, right? Andrew, uh, the whole uh, industry seems fairly down on him. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a big Tony fan in general. Um, I, you know, I'm kind of biased towards like big receivers, tall receivers. Uh, I'm always trying to get the next like DK Metcalf kind of a guy. Um, so that's kind of where I'm like in my rookie drafts, I'm always prioritizing those type of players. Um, but, uh, there's a lot to be said for timing the market too, you know? So like, I feel like there's no question to me that Tony's value is lower now than it would have been if he hadn't had those injuries. Uh, if, if there hadn't been all these rumors swirling, you're talking about all of, all of the excess stuff that, that can easily be forgotten about in one week. If he goes off in week one for, you know, 130 yards and two touchdowns, then nobody's going to be talking about any of that stuff anymore. So um, even, even if I don't necessarily look at him as a guy I would want, to build my team around long-term, I would still be very happy to swoop in now while his value is kind of low and, and acquire him now in, you know, and then if he goes off a few games, then maybe I shop him and see what the market is like at that point. Cause like I said, he's not necessarily the kind of receiver I, I build my teams around, but then again, you know, you would miss out on a tire kill with that mentality too. So there are some guys that are just truly special and, in what they bring to the table. And, um, you know, I'm curious to see if, if uh, Tony can continue to prove that he is kind of the exception to the role um, when it comes to these kind of receivers. I also like the idea of flipping him like a house, Andrew, like, like you just said, like <laughs> uh, you take him, you fix him up a little bit. You wait for him to put some good performances together and you flip him again. So yep. I turned my third round pick into a first round pick that that's how we do it. So it's the beauty uh, of dynasty. <laughs> I, I love that uh, thought process as well. I mean, I do uh, little things like that on occasion. My favorite bit is hoarding quarterbacks in a super flex league. Uh, oh, yeah. You should probably start putting in more, rules about how many quarterbacks you can have on your roster in those type of leagues, especially if they're beyond 12 man, 14 to, to 16, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood, you should probably put a cap at like four uh, players, but um, my wide receivers here. Um, look, I just, I, I kept going through the wide receivers. I didn't want to say this guy because I feel like I say him, his name too often, but it's Juju Juju Smith Schuster uh, for me. Uh, you know, I'm going to just hit this point 
uh, home until we get there with him. He is 25 years old, still 25 years old. I think he's a couple months older than Valus Jones, who just was just drafted. Right. So, um, you know, the guy is still unbelievably young uh, and he played. He was injured last year. The season before that, he played with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph throwing him the ball. He averaged 14.7 points per game, which uh, last season would have had him as, I believe, 20 or 21, somewhere in that neighborhood. Low end wide receiver, too. Fantasy Pros ECR, he's wide receiver 40 right now on the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. And everyone says, oh, well, he was only good with Antonio Brown. They've got Travis Kelsey in Kansas City and the best quarterback in the league throwing to him. I don't know what we're thinking with him. I know, um, that, you know, this is homerism. I'm a Steelers fan, so I love Juju. And uh, for laying out Vontez perfect, he will never do any wrong for me. I, you know, unless he does something heinous, uh, uh, you know, he, he, as long as if it's just TikToks, I do not care. Do all the TikToks you want. You you planted Vontez perfect. But uh, just in his fantasy value, I mean, he, he's averaged upward 18 points a game uh, one season, which had him at wide receiver nine in 2018. So the upside is still there. He's dealt with the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger, injuries to his person, and bad quarterback play in Pittsburgh. Now you put him on arguably the most dynamic offense in the league uh, and make him the number two wide receiver option, receiving option on this team behind Travis Kelsey. And I think he is going to go off. Uh, So I'm very excited about him uh, and rookie wide receivers in general. This is a great class. I know that there wasn't a Jamar Chase. There wasn't a CeeDee Lamb in this class. These are all very good wide receivers. Williams is my one. I love Burks. I don't care about the asthma. I don't care about the route running. The guy makes plays, throw it to him short and let him go. Uh, Garrett Wilson is outstanding. Chris Olave is one of the best route runners we've seen. Uh, John Mechie is going off in the seventies. Duke could be the number one wideout for the Texans, you know, next year, Brandon cooks uh, doesn't seem to be long. I mean, it's going to have, they're going to have a hard time cutting them. Do you know what his cap number is this year? Guys, Brandon cooks, $43.5 million is his uh, cap hit. Uh, so 33 next year. So uh, he, he'll be hard to cut, but there could be a team that's desperate. What would you rather do? Would you rather pay Christian Kirk or take that cap hit on Brandon Cooks for a year? I think most franchises would take the hit on, on Cook. So uh, for me, uh, just rookie wide receivers in general, but Juju is, I just have to say it one more time here, Fitz that Juju is being completely underrated. So what do you think about Juju and what do you think about uh, the rookies in general? Totally with you on Juju. I mean, the the dustiness level of Ben Roethlisberger these last couple of years cannot be overstated. So, and as you mentioned, I mean, Juju came into the league at such a young age and uh, you know, had exactly yeah. <laughs> and had this precocious production as a 17 year old. No, I mean, he, he put up big numbers so early in his career. Like that just couldn't have been a fluke, even if the circumstances were great with Antonio Brown there. So I'm a believer too. He's just going to benefit so much from playing with a top flight quarterback instead of uh you know, one who's just clearly over the hill. And, you know, you and I haven't totally agreed on Matchy Boggs. I know you're you're a bigger fan than I am. Uh, we'll see. You know, I mean, like some people are excited about Nico Collins and maybe Andrew is one of those since he's a Michigan guy. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe Nico is the heir apparent to Brandon Cooks in Houston. But, um, you know, like he's got a chance. I I was just looking at Matchy in a, a startup draft, like where he was falling and I thought at that overall price, yeah, like um, a rookie receiver who, you know, like showed some definite chops in college. Like, I, I think there's a chance. Um, I'm more interested in him in Dynasty for sure than redraft. Well, yeah, I mean, he's coming Obviously. off the ACL surgery. Uh, he blood his knee in the SEC title game in December. Uh, and then, of course, Jamison did in the national championship. So he's a couple months ahead of Jamison, too. But, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not. Jamison Williams. He's not that level of talent, but he also, he ain't Slade Bolden, you know, which I feel like a lot of people want to put him in that. Well, he's slow and you know, blah, blah, blah. No, he could be a PPR monster. Uh, he's just not at the level that the top five guys are, but the top five guys are at 
an unbelievable level to me. So they're, they're great. Uh, Andrew, what do you think about Juju in general? And it's pretty clear on this podcast that you have to agree with us. Uh, <laughs> and also uh, the, the, the rookies in general, do you think the rookies go too low uh, if they're mixed in a, a startup draft instead of a rookie draft? Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably true. I think that, you know, people look, I guess it depends, you know, there's, it's weird to think that there could be casual dynasty managers, but they do exist. And, uh, <laughs> you know, some people might just look at last year's production and completely forget about some of these rookies. So that can push them down a little bit in those startup drafts, I think. Um, but as far as Juju goes, uh, yeah, I mean, I had to like, look, when you said he was wide receiver 40, that's kind of surprising to me I, that he's that far down. I, I mean, I don't really know what to make of this, this chief's receiving core at this point. I mean, there's so many moving parts there yeah. and I'm a guy who, uh, has been, um, you know, I got, uh, I acquired Nicole Hardman like several years ago, incredibly cheaply. And I've just been sort of clinging to him, hoping <laughs> that one day that cat, that check is going to cash. Uh, he was pretty really, good in the playoffs, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. And so. he's, the, he's the natural replacement to run a lot of the, the routes that, uh, Tyreek Hill ran. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, Marquez Valdez Scantling is kind of a one trick pony, deep threat. Um, Sky Moore is, you know, interesting, but young, and we'll have to see how quickly he acclimates to the NFL. It's, there's just a ton of moving parts, but I guess if you had to pick one receiver there, that's going to, uh, you know, put up big numbers from day one, it would be Juju. And, um, I, I'm actually sort of surprised that there hasn't been more of a Juju bump, uh, based on going to Kansas city. So I, I can't say I feel enormously confident in him. I mean, I feel like he was in a good situation um, in Pittsburgh uh, for a while. And, you know, obviously not when Duck was under center, but at, at various <laughs> times and sort of underperformed. So um, he's been sort of an enigma, I feel like, after, you know, coming into the league um, blazing hot. Um, and it's been sort of uh, a little frustrating since then, not unlike Christian Kirk, honestly. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to see. I'm, I'm kind of like, wait and see mode on juju but at the current price i think you can't go wrong with that i mean and like you said he he's still he's still younger than people realize yeah he's still very very young so a lot of meat on the bone i feel like for juju and andrew we did it man Th thank you for joining us and please plug everything you possibly can tell people what you have coming up where your work is and where they can find it absolutely so i've uh i, I do write for fantasy pros uh I've been uh, helping out with some of our, our dynasty content, some player profiles there, and uh, I'll be writing an article on uh, veteran dynasty wide receivers uh, you can pick up. So I think I'll have to put Christian Kirk in there. Uh, <laughs> um, and then uh, I also have just been contributing to the uh, Joe Pizapia's Black Book. Uh, so yep. you can find uh, some of my work in there coming out uh, June 1st, I believe. Um, I run uh, the rest of season rankings fantasy football podcast uh which you can check out on apple or spotify uh and i have a website rosrankings.com uh right now we're doing a lot of baseball content so we do updated rest of season rankings every single week uh but you know come summertime we're going to be doing that for football as well so we'll have it to help people with their drafts and then in season we'll be updating our rest of season rankings uh each week as well excellent fitzy at Fitz underscore FF on the Twitter machine. What do you got coming up, my man? Am I allowed to talk about redraft on this show? Uh, um, I will allow it. We'll okay. Allow it. Only we, in the plug section. We are prepping for next month's uh, redraft kit, Fantasy Pros redraft kit. It's going to have everything you need for redraft uh, leagues and you know, you guys are both contributing to that. I've roped you a new, uh, you know, <laughs> doing doing work for that. I know you're going to immediately leave this podcast and go slave away on your articles for that. Of course. So, uh, of course. You know, that's big enough. But we do continue to pump out Dynasty content at Fantasy Pros all throughout the summer. So we're not going to leave you in the lurch there. Um, so that's it. And, uh, you know, I'm doing the Fits on Fantasy podcast every week. And, uh, you know, we'll be back in the saddle next week. Absolutely. We will. And, uh, going to have a good one. I have a decent idea. We'll, we'll see, uh, you we'll talk after the show and see if we want to do that. But, uh, th that is going to uh, wrap it up for us. You can find me on Twitter at Bogman sports. Of course, I'm here on fantasy pros in this league.com, uh, for my Patreon as well. The Welsh and I do a uh, fantasy baseball, fantasy football shows every week for you guys. Please check that out. If you wouldn't, you can find all my work, uh, at Bogman sports on the Twitter, but we will see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. 
Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.